Our text this morning is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Galatians 5, verses 1 through 6. These are the words of the living God. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Let's pray together. Father, as we gather together this morning to worship you, we come now to the time where we are instructed by you. I pray that you would help us to hear a word from you this morning, Lord, that you would make us attentive to the preaching of the gospel, uh, some of the most profound things in the Christian faith are found right here in this very text today, some of the most profound truths that are uh, most important for us to know. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to discern them, embrace them, hold to them, and never turn back from them. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to imagine for a moment that uh, you have been arrested in a foreign country and you find yourself now in the courtroom and you are being accused and charged with high crimes and all the evidence is being stacked up against you and there's no way that you're getting out of this one. Uh, The judge is getting ready to Uh, render his judgment. He is getting ready to pass sentence on you to die uh, in an awful prison. And unless you pay your fine in full, you are going to have to carry out this life sentence. But the problem is you are bankrupt. And just as the judge is getting ready to drop the gavel, everything goes silent You don't know what you're going to do. You can hear your heart beating in your chest. And then all of a sudden, somebody steps up who you have never seen before and they agree to pay your fine on your behalf. And then the judge drops the gavel and declares that you are free to go home. Well, in our text today, we find that in the Gospel, Jesus Christ does just that for us and much more. And so I want us to focus mainly on two things today. There's two points that we're going to look at. The first is we are justified by Jesus Christ. We are justified by Jesus Christ, and therefore if we stick anything in His place, we are not following the Gospel. Number two, our identity is found in Jesus Christ. And therefore, if we find our identity in anything else, 
we are not following the gospel. So we start back in verses 1 through 5, looking at that first point. We are justified by Jesus Christ, and therefore, if we stick anything in his place, we are not following the gospel. But before we get into that, I want to give a little bit of context for our sermon today. Last week, we looked at the conversion of the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Well, since Paul was converted, he has gone around doing gospel ministry, and he has also gone on his first missionary journey. And while he is on that journey, he plants churches in the region of Galatia, and he preaches the gospel of justification by faith alone to them. And when Paul is on his way back to his home church in Antioch, uh, he visits those churches, and it's possible that Paul noticed that something was awry in, in the Galatian churches while he was there. When Paul gets back to his home church, his home-based church in Antioch, he realizes that there's something going on there for certain. Uh, there had been a break in table fellowship among the Jews and Gentiles. The Jews and the Gentiles were not eating together. And even Peter got carried away in this and separated from them, and Paul had to rebuke him publicly to uh, his face. And then it comes. Uh, Paul gets word that the churches in Galatia had been subverted by false teaching. Uh, Men had come in who later on come to be known as the Judaizers, teaching that it is not just faith alone that justifies you, but that you need to add a little circumcision to your faith. So, So to say that Paul is a little bent out of shape when he writes this letter to the Galatians, I think is a bit of an understatement. Uh, Paul is riled up. Uh, These false teachers are seeking to undermine his authority as an apostle and lead these new converts astray. And so Paul gets right down to business in his letter to the Galatians. He doesn't waste any time. He starts unpacking the gospel and condemning anybody uh, who departs from it uh, and departs from the the doctrine of justification by faith. Uh, And uh, so that kind of gives us background, gives us a little context for where we're at here in the book of Galatians and what's going on. So now let's look back at uh, verses 1 through 5, and we will go through that section methodically explaining uh, what Paul means here in these verses. So back in verse 1, we, we read, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he's obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness." When Paul tells us here that for freedom, Christ has made us free, back up there in verse 1, he means by that, that through the perfect life of Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death, we have been set free from the obligation of keeping the law in order to be saved. 
Let me explain that. God requires perfect obedience to His law. Perfect. And we have all failed on that front. Not one of us has kept the law uh, perfectly. Every one of us, first of all, has been born with original sin. And so we are doomed from the very start. Uh, And on top of that, as soon as we know the difference between what is right and what is wrong, we are quick to run and go and do what is wrong. And so therefore, we all stand justly condemned under the law of God. Um, The good news is uh, Christ has kept the law in our place. Okay, None of us have kept the law. None of us have obeyed uh, the law perfectly, but Christ has. He has kept the law. He obeyed it perfectly, and then he died under the curse of the law. That is, he died the death on the cross that the lawbreaker uh, deserved to die. Christ was cursed upon the cross according to Paul in his letter to the uh, Galatians. He received the punishment that was due to every one of us for breaking the law, and therefore, he has satisfied the law. You see? He did everything that we were supposed to do, and then he died the death that we should have died, and so he satisfied the law. He has satisfied the demands of divine justice. The debt that we have incurred in our disobedience, he has paid in full. Um, therefore, uh, we are free from those obligations. But the problem in Galatia was that these false teachers were coming in and saying that Christ was not enough. Christ was not enough. Yes, faith in Christ is important, but you have to add a little circumcision to your faith. You see? And Paul says if you stick circumcision next to Christ, or anything else for uh, that matter as a means to your justification, you will not be justified. Because again, justification through law-keeping is an impossibility for those of us who have been uh, born with original sin. And therefore, we need somebody to do for us what we cannot do on our own, and Christ has done that. Christ has done that. That is the gospel. <clears throat> he received the punishment that was due to us for breaking the law. So essentially, what Paul is telling us is that if we stick anything next to Christ or in the place of Christ, we go back up under the condemnation of the law and we're going to be judged by it. Does that make sense? If we start sticking other things in the way, we start accepting other things instead of Christ, or we put other things alongside our faith in Christ, we go back under the law, under the condemnation of the law, and we're going to be judged by the law. And if we do that, every one of us is doomed. Because again, there is not one of us who has not broken the law of God in some way, shape, or form. And this is what Paul means when he says, if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. If you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. And you can stick anything else there in that place that you want. Uh, If you accept baptism in the place of Christ, if you accept the taking of communion in the place of Christ, uh, if you accept long mission trips to Africa, if you you accept your church attendance, your, your tithing, 
sharing the verse of the day on your social media wall, anything, whatever that you stick in uh, the place of Christ, you set yourself outside the realm of salvation when you do that. And that is what Paul means by being severed from Christ or falling from grace. In verse 4, we read, You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. Those who are being saved by Christ are being saved by grace. And the moment that you enter into the realm of doing good works as a means to your justification, you are no longer operating within the realm of salvation. Let me say that again. The ground of your justification is the grace of Christ alone. The ground of your righteousness is the grace of Jesus Christ alone. You will find yourself accepted on the last day, on the day of judgment, before God because you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Uh, you, Luther says that, and other theologians have said, that we need an alien righteousness, right? A righteousness from outside of ourselves. A righteousness that is not our own. You will not be upset, accepted before God because you are righteous. You will be accepted because He is righteous on that last day. And the moment that you bring anything else to the table and you say, hey, I'm going to bring this thing along with me. And because I have this or because I have done this or that, you have fallen from grace. Uh, that is, you, if you maintain that way of thinking, you have fallen away from the possibility uh, of being saved on that last day because this mentality is antithetical to the gospel. This mentality is antithetical to the gospel. It is in direct conflict, uh, a contrast to the gospel. It's in conflict with the gospel. A gospel mindset says, I bring nothing to the table. It's like the hymn writer said this morning in our song, nothing in my hand I bring, but simply to the cross I cling. You remember that verse that we sung this morning? Nothing in my hand I bring, but simply to the cross I cling. And theologians have said for years that it is the empty hands of faith that receive the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and are justified. You receive what Jesus Christ has done for you with empty hands, and that is the work of faith, friends. You must believe, receive, trust in, and cling to the cross of Christ with empty hands of faith. And that is what Paul means when he says, for through the Spirit, among other things, by faith we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. This is the instrument of our justification, friends. Before we were talking about the ground of our justification, right? But now we are talking about the means through which God gives us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We're justified by the righteousness of Jesus Christ alone. How does God give that righteousness to us? Well, it is through faith. Uh, by faith, we receive the saving grace that God offers to us in the Lord Jesus uh, Christ. <clears throat> um, and Paul says that this is the work of the Spirit. The Spirit 
uh, gives us faith. He enables us to believe in Jesus, uh, in Jesus savingly. And when we do that, at the moment that we do, God declares us right with him. And it is as Paul says, here are those who have been given faith by the Spirit are looking forward to the hope of righteousness. That is, we are looking forward to being justified on that last day. Those who are justified by faith don't have to wonder about whether they're justified now or whether they're going to be justified on the last day. Do you get that? You, you don't have to wonder today about whether you've done enough. You don't have to wonder whether you have done this or that. You can know right now that you are justified and that you stand in a, in a right relationship with God by faith. Those who have, uh, who have faith can have confidence now. <clears throat> For those of us who have faith, it is a present reality now, and we can have hope now. We do not have to wonder if we have done enough, but we can know by faith uh, that as Jesus Christ said on the cross, it is finished. <clears throat> now, we look at this situation in Galatia and we wonder what it has to do with us today. I mean, nobody is pushing circumcision in the church today. Has anybody compelled you to be circumcised, try to compel you to be circumcised lately? But the thing that we have to notice and that we have to recognize is that it is not just circumcision. Anything that we stick in the place of Christ or alongside Christ as a means to validate our salvation puts us in the same situation as the Galatians and the Judaizers. It makes us no better than them. So what are some of the things that we seek our security in now? What are some of the things that we try to place our confidence in now instead of Christ by faith? Like we look at these things and we say, because I'm doing this or that, my salvation is secure. Because I'm doing this or that, I can have confidence, right? Well, how about church membership? Uh, for a lot of people, church membership is a big thing. Uh, you know, I've been a member of this particular church for X amount of years, or I've been attending this church for X amount of years. And because I have been faithful to do that, when I stand before God on the last day, I will be accepted. And if you do that, you have the same mentality as the Galatians here. If you plan on being accepted on the last day based on your church attendance or based on the fact that you've been a member of a particular church, you are going to be sorely disappointed. <clears throat> you are not going to be accepted on the last day based on your church attendance or because you were a member of a particular church. You will be accepted because the blood of Jesus Christ has been shed for you. That's it. <clears throat> so you will find yourself accepted on that last day because of him, <laughs> because he has died in your place, because he has lived the perfect life that you can never live, not because of anything that you have done. But there are other ways in which we do this too. Uh, many times Christians can get puffed up about uh, the things that they do. We look at our lives and say, man, I'm doing really good this week. You know, I've, I've evangelized three people this week. That's Two more people than I did last week. And we can begin to put our confidence and our, uh, and our trust in the fact that we have done these things, finding our safety and security in them, and we ought not to do that. Or we can say, you know, I, I did that ministry again, or I headed up that ministry again, 
I, I organized it. I set it up. It went really smoothly. Uh, we, there was, there was positive growth as a result of it. I've done my deed for, uh, this year. And again, you are entering into the error of the Galatians and the Judaizers when you do this sort of thing. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing any of these things in and of themselves, but when you use them to justify your relationship with God in your own mind, you are stepping outside the realm of grace in which God saves us and into the realm of doing good works, and that is dangerous territory. That is a place that you should stay away from. We ought to do our good works out of love for God and our fellow man in gratitude for all that he has done for us. But when we make those things the basis of our peace and our security, when we find our confidence in those things, then we are no, look, no longer looking to Jesus Christ by faith in order to be saved, but we are looking to ourselves and to our own good works. And when we do that, friends, we are in danger of the judgment. <clears throat> Sometimes we can look at our growth as a church or uh, the fruit that we have in the ministries of our church and use them as a means to validate ourselves, and we ought not to do that. Are there any ministries in our church that we are clinging to because they validate us as a people? Say we do this thing and so that validates who we are as Christians. We ought not to do that. Another thing that we have to be careful is not entering into the uh, heresy of the Judaizers. The heresy of the Judaizers, and this is, uh, this is the heresy that says that you are holier than God. <laughs> you ever heard this one? That's when you take things that God has not obligated you to do, and you make them obligations for yourself and for other people as a means to be justified. And when we do that, when we take these other things, whatever they may be, the things that are not required of us, we are entering into the error of the Judaizers in Galatia. Again, we are made right with God by the righteousness of Jesus Christ alone. And every time we go beyond what is written and say, I have to do this to be justified, or they have to do this in order to be justified, or we have to do this to be justified, you are entering into this error, and we need to be on guard against it. Again, it is as uh, Paul says in verse 1, for freedom Christ has made us free. For freedom Christ has made us free. So, we are justified by Jesus Christ, and therefore if we stick anything in His place, we are not following the Gospel. Number two, Our identity is found in Jesus Christ, and therefore, if we find our identity in anything else, we are not following the gospel. We see that in verse 6. Let's read it again. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. It does not matter whether you are circumcised or uncircumcised, that is all irrelevant in Christ. And therefore, the person who is pushing circumcision as a badge of honor or as a badge of identity uh, in the new covenant is off the beaten path. And Paul even says, even if you're uncircumcised, it doesn't matter. And 
this would be for the Gentiles who were uncircumcised. And therefore, they can't say, well, I'm justified anyway, even though I'm uncircumcised. They can't even glory in that. They can't boast in those things. Again, Paul is exalting faith in Christ. He says the only thing that matters is faith working through love. The only thing that matters is faith working through love. Faith is the badge of identity in the new covenant. That is the thing that sets you apart. He says you want to know the thing that makes you a Christian, the the thing that makes you different than the rest of the world, the thing that sets you apart, it is your faith and the way that you live by faith. Notice Paul does not commend an empty faith to the Galatians. He says that it is a faith working through love. In other words, it is not just a head knowledge. Uh, This is not just a mental assent that you make to Jesus. It's not an empty faith. It's not a faith that says, yeah, yeah, I believe on Jesus and then it's on its way. That's not the kind of faith that saves you. It's a faith that does something. It is a faith that loves, according to Paul. So if you're setting up any kind of boundary marker in your community, it doesn't matter what it is. Jew, Gentile, if you're exalting males over females or blacks over whites or um, blue collar over white collar or whatever to hell with it, okay? Because the only thing that matters is faith working through love. That is a true faith, a faith that does not exalt itself and get puffed up. Faith working through love doesn't parade itself. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't get prideful. It receives and it embraces. It loves and it accepts. It humbles. It makes you serve instead of wanting to be served. So you see, the faith does something. It's a, it's a particular kind of faith that justifies. It's a faith that loves. There's no elite class of individuals in the body of Christ. We are all put on equal footing before the cross. That makes sense? Everybody's on level ground before the cross of Jesus Christ. It is there that we must bow the knee and embrace our identity as sinners saved by grace. And when we do that, something happens. Love and gratitude flows out. (laughs) Namely, love and gratitude for our God and for our fellow man, which creates unity in the body of Christ and not division. A faith working through love works towards uh, unity uh, in the body and not division. So again, anything other than true saving faith, a faith that works through love is antithetical to the gospel. So what are some of the boundary markers that we have set up in the church today other than faith working through love? Because we still do this today, you know. Again, uh, Nobody is pushing circumcision in the church today, but we do have these little camps that we set up in the church and we use them as badges of honor for ourselves. And one thing I think that we need to be careful of, especially uh, in the Reformed church, is getting too haughty or becoming haughty or prideful about the fact that we have all of our doctrinal ducks in a row. Uh, When you come to the Reformed faith, you are coming to the purest form of doctrine and theology as it has ever been set forth and articulated by the church. And we have to be careful not to allow that to let us become prideful. Uh, We have a biblical gospel. 
we have a biblical doctrine of God. Our theology is biblical. And in the Reformed faith, for the most part, you find uncompromising teaching when it comes to uh, the Scriptures. But this can create a pride and haughtiness that has to be crushed. Paul says, he warns us in his letter to the Corinthians that knowledge puffs up. Why do you think he said that? Knowledge puffs up. And knowledge without love is worthless. You see? You you may notice that when you know something, you start to feel good about it. Yeah, I know that thing, right? Yeah. Um, We've got to be careful. Pride creeps in very easily with knowledge. So, we ought not to draw sharp lines in the church, is what I'm driving at. We ought not to draw sharp lines in the church. We ought not to say, I'm a Calvinist, and you're an Arminian, and so we can't, I can't have fellowship with you. Or, we're, you know, we're Presbyterians, and you're Baptist, and so, so we can't... You ain't, you're not clear on this thing. You, you don't have that thing all figured out. <clears throat> Again, the only badge of identity in the church today is found in Christ and in Christ alone. And everybody that I've mentioned thus far, every true Christian uh, believes in faith in, uh, faith in Christ and Christ alone. That is how they are justified. So if we agree on God and the gospel, then we're brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we ought to have fellowship with one another. <clears throat> we shouldn't have this us versus them mentality in the church, is, is what I'm saying. <clears throat> um, in the body of Christ, uh, we, we ought not to have a mentality that says, it's me and them, or it's us and them, but rather it's all of us together standing at the foot of the cross on level ground, sinners redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And by the way, that is the way that it will be throughout all of eternity. Did you know that? There will be no Calvinist in heaven or Arminian. There will be no Baptist or Presbyterians or or Lutherans, or Methodists. There will be sinners saved by the grace of God offered to us in Jesus Christ by faith and faith alone. That is how faith working through love comes to expression in the church. It is a faith that believes. It is a faith that accepts. A faith that embraces. A faith that loves. A faith that understands, is patient and kind. It's a faith that is grounded in the gospel. And again, the only thing that justifies you in the sight of God is faith in Jesus Christ. But there is a certain kind of faith that justifies, and there is a certain kind of faith that does not. You hear that? There's a certain kind of faith that justifies and a certain kind of faith that does not. And what Paul is saying and what we are saying here today is that a true saving faith creates unity and not division doesn't create division in the body of Christ. And so, if it is your mentality to divide over this issue or that uh, issue, then that is not faith working through love. That is not saving faith. Again, a Christian finds their identity in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone and is saved by faith and faith alone. A Christian is not identified by the church that he is a part of, or that they are a part of. A Christian is not identified by their gender. 
a Christian is not identified by their sexual orientation. A Christian is not identified by their ethnic background. They are identified in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. So we have seen that Jesus entered the courtroom, as it were, to pay our penalty in full. Jesus obeyed the law where we did not, and he stood on the cross in our place that day on Calvary's hill, and he died the death that we should have died. He was perfectly righteous. And when we trust in him to save, God accepts us based on his righteousness, and therefore we are considered righteous. Moreover, in Christ, there is no boundary marker. There's no boundary marker in Jesus Christ. We are all united together with him in faith, and we are all identified with him by faith. We are to find our identity in him and among those who have faith in him. Therefore, let us work towards unity in our church through living by faith, a faith that believes and accepts, a faith that loves and unites, a faith that works through love.